Hey everybody, it's Latin Side, and it's time once again for your weekly wrap up. And this week we're going to take a look at Amazon Sidewalk, which is Amazon's new mesh network that's going to involve its Echo and Ring devices. And in addition to looking at Sidewalk, we're going to look at what other companies have been doing to turn our everyday devices into a wider mesh. Let's get to it. Now, I do want to let you know in the interest of full disclosure that I do upload videos to Amazon and live stream over there, and I earn revenue through their affiliate program doing those activities. However, they are not reviewing or approving what you're about to see before it was uploaded, nor are they paying for what you're about to see either, and all of the opinions you're about to hear are my own. Now, I went down this rabbit hole thanks to a viewer, Anthony Biacco, who sent me this tweet the other day asking me to look into this, and I did. And what's funny is that I haven't been following this all that closely, but apparently about six months ago, I got an email from Amazon telling me that one of my gazillion Echo devices that I use here around the studio is going to be getting this feature enabled shortly. And as it says here, when enabled, it's going to use a small portion of my internet bandwidth to provide services to me and my neighbors. And that might have people feeling a little bit uneasy because it is an opt-out and not an opt-in. Now, in fairness to Amazon, they did provide instructions way back when they first sent this email out as to how to disable that feature on your device. But again, this is opt-out, although when you install a new device, apparently it's going to ask you if you want that device to be included in the Sidewalk network. Now, what is Sidewalk? Well, there's a good amount of information that Amazon has put together on their website There's a general consumer page that you can see linked here on screen. And then they also have a white paper that dives into the security model that they're using here as well. And in many ways, this is going to work similar to how the Apple Find My network works with their AirTags. So what it consists of is an endpoint, a gateway, a network server, and an application server. Now, the endpoint and the gateway are consumer products. So for example, in this image they have the endpoint being a smart light that's out in your yard and then perhaps the gateway that that smart light is communicating with might be a ring floodlight and they have some more information here in the white paper about what frequencies it uses to communicate so this is not going to be a wi-fi extender it's going to use something called lora which runs here in the u.s on the 900 megahertz frequency and it's either going to use that LoRa or Bluetooth Low Energy. Uh, the 900 megahertz spectrum is going to provide a lot more range than Bluetooth will, uh, but both are fairly low bandwidth. Now, which devices are going to be gateways? Well, apparently, uh, this list of devices is what currently has the hardware installed to act as a gateway. So if you have one of these devices, when Amazon throws the switch on this, unless you opted out, it's going to enable those sidewalk features. And what they envision with this is a mesh notification and messaging network very similar to what the AirTags do in that it can detect lost pets and valuables that might be walking or moving by, uh, transmitting data from a leak sensor, for example. And it's doing that through the data packets that are encrypted on the device and then sent through the internet uh, to the application server. And some of the things they say that these Uh, packets will provide are commands like turn on the light or turn it off or a notification alert or something like that. 
It does not appear as though they're doing any kind of video streaming or transmission, things that would use a lot more bandwidth. And they actually are capping the sidewalk server at 80K bits per second, uh, which is a fraction of a megabit. Uh, and they're going to cap the overall data consumption at 500 megabytes monthly per customer, not per device. And given what they're saying here, I can't see it using all that much bandwidth, even if there are a lot of frequent messages. These are really short little bursts, like the light is on, the light is off, not, again, something like a video stream, although it's conceivable that you might be able to pass some low-resolution images. Now, if you're connecting to watch your camera or something, that's a whole different protocol. That's going to use a lot more bandwidth. But your neighbor across the street is going to be on the sidewalk protocol, and they can't watch their camera through your Wi-Fi. So this is not a real internet sharing kind of thing, so much as it is a way to communicate between devices. And the devices themselves are limited by the technology that they chose for the communication called LoRa, uh, 900 megahertz again for the spectrum. And it looks as though the maximum data rate, and that's the raw maximum data rate, is between 27 kbits per second and 50 kbits per second, depending on the mode that they choose. And of course, you could stream something at that bit rate, but it won't be very useful that way. The real advantage of LoRa is its range. If you just have a couple of these access points, the uh, echoes or the floodlights in a neighborhood, you could really cover a wide area. And if you have a remote portion of your yard that you want to put a sensor on, there's a good chance that it will work over this sidewalk network if there's enough endpoints in the neighborhood versus having to connect to your Wi-Fi where it may not reach. So I think that's where the real value of this comes into play. Now, the other thing you opt into, though, when you're agreeing to share this data for your neighbors is that the bridge, your uh, echo or your floodlight, are going to also be reporting their location to Amazon. Now, of course, Amazon already knows that if you're using one of these products, but it will be part of this sidewalk network. So if somebody has a pet and they've got one of those tags on them that says the pet is lost, uh, people will be able to track the location of that pet if it happens to walk by your home because they know the location of the bridge that you have on the side of your house. Uh, but they will only see, according to Amazon, an approximate location. And they refer to an image on their website that I could not find. So I don't know what image they're going to be putting up there, but at the moment it's not there at all. But they are saying here they're going to provide an approximate location. Now, if any of this stuff doesn't feel right with you, opt out. Because when you opt out on your Amazon account, it opts out all of the devices that are on that account. So you can do one click and get everything off if you don't want to do this. But if you do, uh, it will begin working by default uh, without your intervention. So just be aware of how they're rolling this out. There's a really good analysis of this on Security Now, which is Steve Gibson's podcast on the Twit Network. He did a deep dive into this, a lot of detail on the security model, on the privacy, how the network works, far better than what I can provide. Uh, so definitely check that out. I've got it linked right to where the discussion of Sidewalk begins. Uh, so I would definitely suggest diving into that if you're interested, because I think he did a very nice job of, I think, tampening down some of the hysteria around this. Uh, there are certainly things to be concerned about, uh, but 
you know, it's not as bad as I think the uh, press is making it out to be. So have a listen and let me know what you think down in the comment section. Now, this whole controversy may be rendered moot at some point in the very near future because in low Earth orbit right now, there is a satellite constellation called Swarm that communicates over this low rod technology with IoT devices on the ground. It is very affordable because, again, it's not very high bandwidth and the huge range of this technology makes it very easy for a low-powered device on the ground to communicate with a satellite overhead. I hadn't even seen this before. I started looking into this whole Amazon thing, uh, and you can learn more at the swarm.space website to see how this works. I think right now it's kind of limited to industrial applications, but given how little bandwidth is required to send these little messages back and forth, I can see this really uh, becoming something more significant, and maybe Amazon will end up acquiring them at some point. Now, I wanted to bring up the AirTags because this works very similar to how Apple's Find My network works, which is that when I'm out and about with my backpack, if I put my backpack down somewhere and an iPhone user happens to walk by, that iPhone is going to tell Apple where it saw my AirTag without the iPhone owner's consent because they opted in everybody. I don't recall ever seeing an email like I got from Amazon telling me that my device was going to be part of this mesh network, but everyone's iPhone is. You can dive into a menu and disable that feature, but it's on by default. So just about every iPhone out in the field is currently tracking the location of these AirTags and soon they're going to be tracking other stuff like bicycles and other things that will have this AirTag technology embedded inside of them. And it works pretty well. I planted an AirTag in my uh, wife's car and it was getting picked up all over the place. You don't know who's picking it up, uh, but you do know where your item was last seen. And it gives a very specific address as to where you might be able to find that. And it also appears that this AirTag technology is built into iPads and iPhones and Macs as well. And I got this comment the other day uh, from a viewer who said somebody knocked on his door because the iPhone that he had in the house happened to pick up an iPad that was marked missing that happened to be going by in the car of whoever took it. And this guy knocked on his door saying, my iPad is in your house. And thankfully, he said he was able to reason with the person and they uh, decided to just leave it be. But this is the kind of concern that I have for all of this stuff. And Apple provides a very specific location uh, versus the more generalized one that Amazon says it's going to provide. But either way, even a general location is enough to have somebody knock on your door. And I think that's a concern that is a valid one that these companies have to figure out how to best approach. Now, you might be surprised to learn what else your phone might be doing without your direct knowledge. And a good example of this is Google and Google Maps. So if you've ever used their real-time traffic data, uh, that data is not coming from a helicopter like the radio station has. It's actually coming from phones that are in cars. And those phones are constantly reporting their location back to Google. Apple does the same thing. And if it detects that a lot of phones are stuck in one spot, it will indicate that there's a traffic jam, and that's how this traffic thing works. Uh, they also use this to figure out how busy a particular business might be at certain hours of the day. Uh, so here's a McDonald's that I pulled up, and you can see at the time I was looking at it on a Sunday afternoon, it was busier than usual. How do they know it's busier than usual? There's more phones in that McDonald's than there usually is, and they're able to map that data out over time. And this is all happening in the background 
uh, without your direct knowledge, and you consent to it at some point when you set up the phone for the first time buried in that long list of uh, things that you agreed to on the privacy policy. Uh, some guy in Germany by the name of Simon Weckert did a really fun experiment where he took about 100 phones and put them in a wheelbarrow, and he very slowly walked down a street creating a virtual traffic jam because Google interpreted that to be 100 phones stuck in traffic. So there are some ways maybe to game it if you wanted to. Another thing Google has done is used Wi-Fi access points to get a greater amount of detail to their location information. So when they were out doing all of their Google Street Map stuff, they were also picking up what Wi-Fi access points were in range of the vehicle that was driving around and they use that Wi-Fi database along with GPS coordinates to zero in on where you are exactly. And that's how when you're sitting at home, it knows exactly where you are, even if you're indoors and you're not able to receive signals from a GPS satellite. Wi-Fi data is a real key part of that. Uh, they did stop this practice. Uh, now I guess they do it through mobile phones when they're docked at their home base, again, through the same things that you agree to on the traffic side of things. But that's a big part of how they got the location data working the way it does. And there was a way to opt out of it uh, from this CNET article from about a decade ago. And they wanted you to change the name of your access point to NoMap so that you would be kept off the list. Now, this next one has always bugged me a bit, although I will admit to using it from time to time. Uh, this, of course, is the Xfinity Public Hotspot. And this is something that by default runs on every residential and small business internet gateway that Comcast rents, yes, rents to its customers. So you are paying for this thing to be in your home or business, and then you're allowing Comcast to provide service to other people rent-free. But we'll get to that another time. And the way this works is essentially any Comcast customer will see this Xfinity Wi-Fi thing broadcasting itself out of your house, and they can connect to it. You can find more information on this page here. I don't know how they segment the traffic. My hope is that inside the gateway, there are two physical interfaces to keep everything air-gapped, but I'm not sure about that. And I would love to get some comments from you all as to how exactly they segment the traffic out safely here, because this has always bugged me that somebody could just connect to the device inside of my home and get on the internet. Uh, they've recently, uh, during the pandemic, opened this up to everyone, but it's been limited just to Comcast customers. And if you go on the Comcast website, they actually have an app that you can download to find these things that are, again, running inside of private businesses. Thankfully, the residential ones are not listed on the map, but many of the addresses that I was pulling up on the map around my area were at places that are not necessarily open to the public, but they're being shown as being a public Wi-Fi access point that the general public could go and use. So it's something that's always kind of concerned me because I don't know if every business owner on this map realizes that they're being advertised as a free Wi-Fi access point. Now, on the residential side and the business side, uh, you will see this Xfinity Wi-Fi show up on your list of available networks. I, of course, have turned it off on my end. My new service doesn't even have it as part of the gateway. But if you see this, it's either running in your house or a neighbor's house, and it's all over my neighborhood. And I see cars pulled over frequently with laptops out and somebody banging away to get an email sent or some big attachment sent out because they're able to connect into people's homes and get 
a connection that they could not get off their cell phone. And it is what it is, but it's always kind of bugged me that uh, Comcast does this without the consent of the user. Now, this next one is something I hadn't really thought about until I stumbled across something the other day. Uh, as you know, many cars now come with a built-in Wi-Fi hotspot. So you buy a SIM card for the car, and then it connects out to the 4G network, and all the kids can connect with their tablets and watch movies while you're going on a long car trip. Sounds like a great feature, right? Unfortunately, what happens is, is that the nature of Wi-Fi access points is to broadcast their existence so the kid's iPad can connect to the network. And as the car is driving around, guess what it's doing? It's announcing itself, saying, hey, here I am, connect to me. And I was looking through my uh, Unify router's uh, control panel the other night, and in full disclosure, they sent this router to me free of charge to review a while back. Um, it has a Wi-Fi scanner built in that I didn't even know it has. And this is often a useful tool for enterprises because you don't want people showing up on your campus with their own hotspot and getting into your network or sharing your internet connection with others. So these Wi-Fi scanners are pretty common. And of course, there's software you can install on laptops that uh, does the same thing here. And to my surprise, it's picking up all of the cars that are regularly driving by. Uh, so this is the report from the last month. And every day, at least, there's a Chevrolet that drives by uh, that gets picked up by one of my access points in the house. You can see there's a bunch of Chevys on here. There's an Audi, looks like a Volvo here, some car named RJ. And a few of these further down the list actually had the full name of the person who owned the car. And they're just broadcasting this stuff out constantly. I don't think people are aware that their cars are literally roving beacons and whatever is out there that can pick up a Wi-Fi access point is going to pick up the car. And that's something that I think people should be more aware of. Maybe we'll dive into this topic in a future video. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So with those examples as context, I don't think Amazon Sidewalk is as bad as some in the media are making it out to be. This is not turning your ring doorbell or your echo into a Wi-Fi hotspot like Comcast. It is really a low bandwidth low data connection that is designed for IoT devices. And I do think that Amazon deserves some credit here, especially compared against Apple, for letting customers know that their devices are going to be part of this network unless they opt out. And they gave plenty of notice for that. I am sure we'll have some discussion about this down in the comments section. Uh, so have at it, but be respectful to each other. Uh, but I did want to dive into this because it really was a very interesting topic, I think, to dive into. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you, and I want to thank some super chatters who participated on our live stream the other day. Zam, Rich Daly, Chris Allegretta, David Parker, Peter Hages, and Feral Sparky all made super chat contributions, again, during one of my live streams. We also picked up some new supporters this week. EJ Hawkins and Saspa Imre uh, contributed via my donor box page, and Craig Wantouch uh, contributed via the YouTube membership program. If you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. 
Uh, we support Floatplane, the YouTube membership program, my own donor box page, and Patreon. You can find me on a lot of other channels if you want to watch some of my other stuff or find me in different places. And of course, you can engage with me with my very infrequent email list. We only email when there's some big event coming down the line. We've got a Facebook group and we'll have a Discord very shortly. And then of course, we've got my store where you can uh, buy stuff that I review here on the channel. There's only one of everything because these are the items that I actually purchased to review. I've got a few things up there already. And you can sign up for an email alert on the store's status by going to lon.tv slash store alert. And every time I add a new item, you will get notified. That is going to do it for now. Until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht, Jim Callagher, Hot Sauce and Video Games, and Brian Parker. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.